welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. How are you this week? Any plans for this weekend? If not, then yes you do. You have plans to hang out with me and we can have a very one-sided conversation while I tell you scary stories. I always wonder what you picture when you listen. Do you picture the story itself playing out like a movie or just me sitting on your bed with a flashlight under my chin like we're at a sleepover? Or maybe neither. Maybe you have no idea what I look like and you have that thing where you can't form pictures in your brain, which is cool too. Anyway, let's get on with the episode, shall we? This first story is dedicated to those of you who are terrified of porcelain dolls. You're going to have a great time. This is a first-time author to the show, Zach Palmer, who spends most of their time shaping magical worlds as a dungeon master for Dungeons & Dragons. Boy, do I miss my D&D group. My group hasn't gotten together in years. I miss it so much. Anyway, please enjoy this frightening tale Zach calls Porcelain Temple. Cold gray days seemed to slow time to a crawl. Oliver waited patiently for the days to pass, but the cold was too fierce to play outside, and Dad needed the computer for most of the day for work. Oliver wheeled himself to his bedroom window, the cold metal of the chair nipping against his fingertips. It wasn't fun being sick, and at the age of eight, None of the other kids in the neighborhood seemed to understand why he couldn't play or be part of their games. Oliver sometimes struggled to understand it himself. Christmas was only three days away, and Oliver could hardly wait. He just wished he had something to pass the time or someone to talk to. His father stayed in his office working most of the day, and his mother, well... She wasn't around anymore. Oliver never met her, but he spent many afternoons wondering what she must have been like. The most conversation he got out of the day from his father was at breakfast and dinner, where each day he would ask his dad how work was, and his dad would respond by asking what Oliver did for the day. Most nights were meals from a box, but Oliver didn't mind because his father let him put out extra Parmesan cheese on it to taste better. A few days before Christmas, Oliver's father had asked him a new question. What would he like for Christmas? Um, (coughs) a friend to play with? Oliver responded between obnoxious coughs. They were ever-present for these cold days. His father grinned, having an idea in mind from a recent ad he had seen online. Fort Worth Arlington Buy-Sell Trade by Babby Sue King 
such a cute Shirley Temple porcelain doll, but her eyes have turned a really bright shade of green over time. I don't know why. Anyway, $20 or best offer. Christmas Day came, and presents were all bundled under the tree for young Oliver. He excitedly tore open all that he could get a hold of, his proud father sitting on the couch in a blue bathrobe and sipping lukewarm coffee. The last presents, and certainly the biggest, sat in the center of the room. Oliver leaned over as far as his wheelchair would allow in order to pick it up. It wasn't as big as him, but it was pretty close. The packaging gave way to blonde curls and bright green eyes, and a grin as wide as the sunrise. It was an old Shirley Temple doll. Although Oliver was too old to know who that was beyond late-night advertisements for CD soundtracks, he loved it. He loved her infectious smile more than anything. Oliver found himself smiling right alongside Shirley that morning. The biggest smile he had been able to make in a long time. Oliver and Shirley played all day long together. That night, things began to change. Oliver's father tucked him into bed nice and tight, not that he could really go anywhere otherwise. Shirley had been leaned up in a chair near the bedroom door. The lights were turned off, and the door closed shut. A soft green hue took over the room. Oliver looked over to see, and it was as if Shirley's eyes had been painted over with a glow-in-the-dark paint. He stared at the glowing green eyes. Something about them in the dark unsettled Oliver to his core. The smile no longer infectious, at least not in the way it was before. The light coming from the eyes faded as Shirley's eyelids shuddered. Oliver could do nothing but hold the covers even tighter. Emerald glow soaked the room once again but the source was no longer in the chair. Now, she was on the ground, her head still tilted towards Oliver's direction. The eyelid shuddered again, slowly closing off the source of light. No sound was made. Oliver could neither see nor hear anything. But as the light returned, Shirley had made her way a few inches closer to the bed. The piercing green eyes now beacons of terror. Oliver tried to scream for help, but no noise would bravely escape his lips. As he tried, his bedsheets grew damp. The eyes slowly blinked once more, drowning the room in darkness once again. A few seconds went by, feeling closer to minutes longer than any of the previous times before. Oliver became frantic, no longer forming cohesive thoughts. He softly shook in his sodden sheets, unable to move, unable to even breathe. Green light filled the interior of the room once more. Resting at the foot of Oliver's bed was the Shirley doll, grinning ear to ear. Her head was tilted at an angle, as if she was asking, What's wrong, Oliver? 
He sat there frozen, his eyes wide as petri dishes and unblinking. Her eyes slowly began closing once more. This time, she was close enough that Oliver could see the eyelids moving. He could see the grievous smile fading from her lips as the thick, near-unnatural blackness saturated the air once more. Oliver let out a small, noiseless gasp. When Shirley's eyes opened once more, all Oliver could see was the bright green light of her eyes staring directly into his. His mouth erupted into a silent scream. She took that opportunity. Oliver's mouth was horrifically expanded beyond its limits as Shirley forced her way into his throat. The lips cracked and severed at the corners, forcing a twisted smile to tear open across his face. His throat widened to unnatural proportions as Shirley slid down to rest inside Oliver's stomach. The lips resealed, but the smile remained. The next morning, a Christmas miracle occurred. Oliver could walk once more. He was constantly smiling, wide enough that others who saw it couldn't help but smile along. It was almost as if the disease that plagued his body had simply vanished overnight. Oliver's father, however, couldn't help shake the feeling that Oliver's eyes had never quite been that bright green before. This next story is by another first comer to the show, and I know how much you all love being terrified while also having your heartstrings tugged at. It's a strange love we all share, I think. What a unique bunch we are. Gabrielle Bonilla has just the thing for that particular enthusiasm. This is different. You used to be different. I try to keep myself from longing for the past, but looking at you now, all I can think of is how it used to be. How we used to be. Our first date. Nervous and giggling. Now, just a distant memory. As I look into your sunken, dull eyes. You don't smile like you used to, either. You used to say that I could make you smile with anything. I did. But now, your face lay expressionless. No matter how hard I try, I can never seem to get the corners of your lips to curl up like they used to. Oh, 
How fondly I remember the scrunch of your nose. The little lines just around your mouth that introduce themselves ever so slightly. Your soft, blushed cheeks. Though, now, your cheeks are pale, gray even. You're not as warm as you used to be, either. I can remember the days when I would come home from work after having a terrible day, and it would be made all the better by the warmth of your smile, your hands, your embrace. But now, you're cold. You can't give me what I desire, and I know it's not your fault, and I wish so hard I didn't feel this way, but I can't help it. You're just so different now. Even your scent is different. I remember you used to always smell so sweet, like honey. Syrup. Now, you can't take care of yourself. You sit in your chair and don't move. I have to wash and clothe you, and your smell is not what I want. It's tart foul even and no matter what I do I just I can't get rid of it I just want to bring back your sweetness maybe it's selfish to want you to be like you once were to want to have you love me again like you used to to be able to melt into your soft tender embrace just like we used to do But I can't help but be selfish, I suppose. I, I'm i not sure how long it's been. Weeks? Maybe months? Since I lost you. The worst day of my life, to be totally honest. Seeing you lie there. Motionless. I knew that wasn't you. Not the real you, anyway. I remember picking you up and holding you in my arms, begging for you to come back to me. You never did. Our children organized a funeral. I attended, but I still couldn't believe it. I couldn't accept it. I went back to you so many times. I brought you flowers, sang to you, spoke to you, and one day, I just knew I had to have you back. So I brought you home. Now we're together again. Things are different, but at least we're together. You make me whole. Unfortunately, 
your body has begun to decay. The flesh on your delicate fingers is rotting. The place where you used to hang such a beautiful smile is now seeming to fall right off your bone. The smell of your body is almost unbearable ripping at my nose and forcing tears to well up in my eyes. The sound of the flies keeps me up most nights. No matter how much I try to rid your precious body of those invaders, they always come back. I just want to keep you forever. I want you to love me like you used to. But you were just so different now. I guess maybe we both are. And last but certainly not least is a story by Clark Roberts whose resume is nothing to shake a stick at. Earlier this year, Clark put out a horror collection called Led by Beasts that was published through Terror Tract. He also published a kid's novella titled Halloween Night on Monster Island with Dead Man's Tome. We always love a good starter book for kids to get into horror around here. In the past, his stories have been adapted for the Tall Tale TV podcast, so if you like this, go check that out. This is one that is sure to make you look back to make sure I'm not standing right behind you. This is Sometimes. I watch you sleep. Not as frequently, not nightly as it was in the beginning when you first came into my life. But I still make my visits to your bedside. It's best to do when the nights are sullen and thunderous, when the lightning rips, flashing through the window and blindingly wipes out all the shadows of our bedroom. I'm permitted a token of your brilliance, your beautiful face. You sleep well through storms, and I thank you for that. Actually, your sleep has always seemed peaceful hardly ever a disturbance from you, like a pet mouse tucked snugly in a small bed of gossamer downy. I envy that peaceful sleep world you seem to easily be drawn like water through a tunnel. I wonder, do you ever dream? The Lord knows I dream. The doctors always blame the disorder for my dreams. They explained that my adolescent personality clashes with my adult personality when I sleep. It's said that we each only recall approximately 5% of our dreams when we wake. So I guess there's always that. I dream of terrible things. Scenes and images so burning, they are left indelible upon my thoughts, even in the light of day. 
most of my dreams, like the one I had months ago, come upon me just once. I was riding a mysterious wave of energy through the center of a surrounding inferno. I glided down the streets of my hometown while all around me it burned to the ground. Here was the house of the first boy I ever kissed. Each and every window being punched out successively by brilliant and full flames. There was the house of my date to senior prom. The weight of the roof collapsing upon itself. Above it, a column of smoke and flecked cinder rushing to beat the angels to heaven. There ran past me the hysterical mother of the boy I lost my virginity to, her body aflame and flailing. Though lately, I've been experiencing a recurring dream that I'm always racing through a strip of unknown forest. It's nighttime and I can't see but feel the branches whipping and lashing at the flesh of my face. I run undeterred by this assault from the woods because I'm in a race for my life. There's a pack of dogs at my heels. Wild they are and thin to starvation. They snip and snap in anticipation of being the first to satisfy their bloodlust. The chase is short-lived as claws find purchase on my back and drag them down. All I can see are snarled jaws lined with teeth. All I can feel is a ripping of my flesh. My nostrils fill with the coppery smell of blood and I give up. Accepting this is to be my ending. And then, a miracle. One by one, the weight of the pack lifts off of me, until finally I am able to crawl free a distance and look back. Who is this savior? I ask myself. It is you, of course. And I watch from the side, transfixed at your veracity as you fight valiantly, knocking back each of the wolves' oncoming attacks. In the end, you are only a single man, and they are a pack of viciousness, collectively thinking as one. In sheer numbers, they overtake you. And now, safely at the side, I watch as they devour your shaking body. You ne'er a stir from you as I stand sentinel at your bedside. Of course, you have no idea I'm even there, as I've been very canny with my presence. I know most of your routine. I'm an early riser by nature, and each dawn I lay on my stomach my ear to the ground, so to speak. Through the attic floor, I hear the braying of your alarm clock. There are mornings that you must hit snooze, and the alarm sounds repeatedly, and although I'm not entirely fond of this habit, it is something upon which I can compromise. When we are together, 
There will be slight adjustments. But of course, I still want you to be you. However, on mornings when the one whose name I will not utter has spent the night with you, I find it is particularly grating that you procrastinate the beginning of the day. But I don't want to dwell on the one whose name I will not utter and the ill effects she has on you. You shower before brushing your teeth, which is a bit odd and a habit we will definitely need to break. I will not kiss a mouth infested with morning breath, but I will hold off confronting you about this initially in our relationship. Lord knows I do not want to scare you off. The thing I appreciate the most about your mornings is that the television remains off while you get ready for the day. Who cares about all the craziness of those other corners in the world with their bombings and attempts at genocide? All those lunatics should just focus on their one and only. Right? You are my one and only. My one and only deserves a breakfast fit for a king. Understand, I'm not entirely sure of this, but I believe you currently skip breakfast? If this is the case, it is another of the very few habits we will adjust, as breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Since I will be so diligently preparing a meal for you each morning, you will diligently eat it. I must confess that I myself don't eat a breakfast, but I do have a morning routine. I have the window propped just a bit so I can hear you leave for work each morning, and it's only then that I climb down from the attic and can have the life I desire. First, in your bedroom, I reset the alarm, and I crawl beneath the covers. I appreciate your efforts to make the bed each morning, but I'm sure you'll be relieved when I take this duty off your hands. I prefer the sheets tucked just a smidge tighter. Once in bed, I like to snuggle and cuddle and position the pillows so I'm nice and cozy. Then I practice. I practice by petting and stroking and whispering sweet nothing into the pillow. I mean, <laughs> I know it's just make-believe, for the time being anyway, but it all feels so right to me. I probably shouldn't write this. It's a bit unladylike, maybe even a bit unbecoming, but I want our communication to be open, so here goes. Sometimes I pet myself. Do you know what I mean? I pet myself in that special way. <laughs> Please don't think the worst of me as I'm only being honest. It's like you're really there with me, 
there for me, and I'm there for you, and the urge is so overwhelming. Satisfied and solaced by this reverie, I usually fall asleep, only to be awakened too shortly by the once again brain clock. At this point, I'm usually still dreamy, but I'm always up immediately. I never hit the snooze button. Never. But like I said earlier, I'm sure we'll have to compromise on some issues. I'm guessing this is one I'll have to acquiesce. Probably. Maybe. Definitely more like maybe. We'll talk about that later. Suffice to say, I get up when the alarm goes off. I brush my teeth before I jump in the shower. I always brush my teeth before showering, and you will too. I hope you don't think this rude of me, but <laughs> I've been using your toothbrush. I brought mine with me when I moved into your attic, but then one day I overslept on our couch during my afternoon nap. When I woke, I scrambled up to the attic, worried you were going to stroll in the front door before I could get back to my hiding spot. What a surprise that day would have been for you. <laughs> in my haste, I left my toothbrush in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> that was my most worrisome night yet. I was sure you'd discover it. My toothbrush is bright pink and glittery, so... It sticks out like a flamingo in a group of penguins. <laughs> Sometimes I am so clever with my words. You must not have brushed your teeth that evening. Shame on you, because you certainly didn't act out of the ordinary the following morning. During the night, I slipped down to stare at you. God, I just love watching you sleep. And when I went back up, I toted along my toothbrush. That was a hiccup I couldn't risk rising again. After I brush my teeth, I like to shower. And I've been using whatever towel you've left on the rack. Obviously, you're an intelligent man. Maybe not all that observant, but intelligent. And if all of a sudden there were two used towels instead of one, you'd probably start getting a bit suspicious. No, no, no. I told myself I would be forthright with you in our new beginning. Our truest beginning. So here it is. Secretly, I using the same towel as you. I love to dry my face with it and take a big whiff, imagining with which part of your body I've just become intimate. As you read this letter, you're probably laughing at all the cuteness of all this. Surely you'll shrug this quirky behavior off, because once you get to know me, the real me, 
You'll understand why I've been so deceptive up to this point. You're the love of my life. And I'm nervous. <laughs> you understand, or you will. I know you will. You better. After showering, I like to go back up to the attic and get dressed. I've only brought five different ensembles to wear. I burned all the rest of my clothes because most of them remind me of my past. <laughs> my past. <sighs> so ugly. Don't worry about me just yet. You'd be surprised at all of the combinations a girl like me can create with a limited wardrobe. Besides, there's always credit. You do have a credit card, don't you? <laughs> well, we'll just have to do some online shopping and put our time in at the mall. Yay! Oh, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> at least you'll pretend to enjoy it. If you don't, no guys' nights out for you. <laughs> Actually, you better not even want any guys' nights out, you fucking bastard. I know what kinds of activities go on during a guy's night out. On a guy's night out, you meet girls. Like the one whose name I will not utter. I may be a lady, but I'm not ignorant. And don't you dare, don't you dare think that I am ignorant. Read this, and read this well, you piece of shit. The stork didn't just drop onto this big, mean world yesterday. I know you'll want to look at other girls. But you won't. You will not. You will refrain yourself like a sycophant dog waiting for his treat. And you will forget about the one whose name I will not utter. At this point, if you haven't already, you must be wondering how long we, the most perfect couple in the world, have been living in our house together. Ninety-seven days. Over three months. And we haven't even had our first tiff yet. Promising. In all fairness, we've been together. <laughs> Much, much longer than that, even though I haven't been here every single night. There have been a couple of nights. Three or four. Okay, more like ten. But less than twenty. I have spent at that crummy apartment of the one whose name I will not utter. That is right. I've been there. When the one whose name I will not utter left her extra key, you were careless. You placed it on the table and went to work. Your carelessness was my opportunity knocking, so I snatched the key and had a copy made down at the hardware. Ingenious, I know. <sighs> Over at that crummy apartment. I never sleep. Never sleep. I've spent most of those nights hidden in her front hall closet. But once, 
I laid flat under her bed when you visited. I heard the two of you. Right above me. Like animals you were. I wanted to kill. And it's crucial, you understand. I'm not sorry to admit this. I wanted to kill not only her, but the both of you that night. Now, luckily for you, buddy boy, you left. That, and that alone, was enough to appease me. You don't love her, or you would have stayed that night. You see why I'll make such a lovely wife. I'm not like some of these other women. I can control my emotions. At least, <laughs> most of my friends control their emotions. Somehow, I even managed to refrain from killing the one whose name I will not utter that night. Let me help you comprehend that sentence. As I know you are an intelligent man, but a trifle less than observant. Somehow, I even managed to not kill her that night. Last night, I did. I was in her front hall closet, and I was listening with a glass to my ear and pressed against the door. I heard what she said to you over the phone. love you. I will never ask, but I suspect based on her bubbly mood after she hung up that you said it back to her. <laughs> You're a prick. I'm sorry, but you are. I will never question you about it since we are now a couple. After all, the past is the past. But if you did say it in return, you had better take it back in your prayers. And even if you didn't say it, you're a prick for letting such a nonsensical relationship develop to the point where... The one whose name I will not utter would even entertain it was appropriate to say to you. Because of you, the one whose name I will not utter had to be eliminated. My blood boiled. My thoughts raged. I maintained my composure. I was wearing my gloves. I always wore my gloves when I was in her apartment, because the thought of my bare fingers even brushing against any of her possessions is enough to make my skin crawl. I rose and stepped out of the closet. Her attention was with the television. You will thank me for what I did to her because she is no good for you. 
She was watching some trashy guilty pleasure show while <laughs> eating peanut butter from the jar with her fingers. With her fingers, for God's sake. I was stealthy in my approach. There was a large candle, about five inches in circumference and contained by thick glass. She never knew what hit her. And it's probably better off that way. I struck her with that candle and then struck her some more. I guarantee you that now you wouldn't find her very attractive. I'm up in the attic waiting for you. You'll have to invite me down. My mother raised me to be a lady in the same way I raised you to be a gentleman. This romance will start in a traditional manner. I brought the candle home with me. It's blue, and the label says it has a passionate fruit aroma. Nice. It will sit at the head table at our wedding reception. <laughs> of course, you'll have to wash it first. At our reception, nobody will know our little secrets. But the wedding is further down the calendar. Tonight we can light that candle and place it on our bedside table. It can be the symbol of the igniting of our passion while we languish into the late hours. I want you to fall asleep face to face, nose to nose with me. It will be just like when you were a squirming baby. Well, not exactly the same. I know you'll think my new face is beautiful. I've been missing for over three years now since the day I eliminated your father and ran off. But that was only so I could let the scars from the surgery heal. I'm beautiful again. I know you miss your father. Towards the end, he struggled, accepting all of new personalities. Not only that, but I'm sure you'll remember all the guys' nights out, when he would meet girls, like the one whose name I will not utter. But it's so much more than the one whose name I will not utter. Because none of the girls you ever dated were good enough for you. Now, you can have the woman who built you into the man you are today. Sometime, I watch you sleep. And tonight, I want to watch you. By candlelight. XO. 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 Mom.
thanks for listening. And thank you so much to my authors for sending in your stories and allowing me to produce them and turn them into this. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Uh, just another reminder, I'm so sorry to be such a pain in the fucking ass, but it, these July numbers are very, very important. So remember, just, you know, tell everyone you can. Um, listen to, I don't know, all the new episodes when if they're up to date. That always helps. I don't know if you know this, and please don't feel pressured to do this, and this is just a, like, FYI, like, for your information type thing. Um, all of your favorite podcasts, especially those that have ads, a lot of times it is really beneficial to them if you listen to their episodes within the first 30 days that they're out. Um, that's something not a lot of podcasts talk about. I know the world of podcasting is still very mysterious. We still keep all of our numbers very mysterious and everything is very mysterious. But yeah, that's just a thing I thought I'd put out for you. Um, yeah, so um, try to listen to all your shows if you if you have one that you want to support, especially these like new newer ones that are really trying to get out there and gain numbers and things. If you listen to their newer episodes within the first 30 days, it really helps. Even if you're like not caught up, um, sometimes I'll just, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some people do this, but I do this a lot for friends podcasts too. If I don't have time to listen to podcasts that week, um, I will throw on their show, but like keep my phone on mute. <laughs> I feel like that's like some sort of insider trading for podcasts. Like someday that's going to be illegal or something, but like, yeah, it's always a fun way. If you have some friends with podcasts who, uh, if you ever want to boost their numbers a little bit, um, cause every listen helps just throw on their show on mute. Or like, if you're going to go to sleep and you're not one who listens to something while you sleep, which is a weird thing for me to say on my scary to sleep podcast. But yeah, if you're someone who like, I usually listen to ASMR to go to sleep, but then I'll like wake up and turn it off right before I'm actually asleep asleep. Cause I'm a very light sleeper. Anything will wake me up including whispering and things. Um, um, I will throw on a friend's podcast on mute and just let it play throughout the night <laughs> and give them some listens, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, that's just a little fun tip for if you have a friend's podcast, you want to help grow, or you have a podcast that you're really fond of that's like growing or even the big guys, it helps for the big guys too. It's just, you know, harder to notice cause you know, someone as big as like, say like last podcast on the left, who's one of my favorites. It feels like a drop in the bucket, but it really does. Everybody little, every, everybody helps. Um, okay. Uh, I, oh yeah. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And there is the Facebook group, which is scary to sleep and the other Facebook group, which is scary to eat which I keep mentioning that we, where we all share food and recipes and all that good stuff. It's so much fun. Uh, I hope you, I think I already told you this, but I really do hope you have a great, wonderful weekend. Um, stay hydrated. It's very hot out there. Um, carry around an extra water bottle or two to hand out to other people who may not, you know, have a water bottle, hand them out, keep frozen water bottles. That's always a good one. I've seen people doing is handing out frozen water bottles to maybe like our houseless friends and you know anybody you see who maybe could use a water bottle um spread some love this weekend um in any sort of way even if it's just i don't know complimenting the cashier on how cute her nails are um 
Alright, I'm gonna go. I don't think I'm making much sense. I tweeted earlier today that I feel like I have bees and static in my brain. I think I need some time off. I haven't had a week off in over a year. Isn't that crazy? I have had an episode for you guys every single week for over a year. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm clearly tired. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some yoga. I've had, I have a new nightly routine for anyone who's interested. I didn't do baking this week. I'm sorry. I have been doing, I have a stationary bike and I've been riding that, but that's whatever. Who cares about that? That's boring. Um, but I've been doing some yoga before bed and then reading before bed instead of doom scrolling on my phone. And it has actually helped my state of mind. Just a tip, which is not even a tip. That's just how humans should probably be <laughs> and how we have been up until smartphones were invented. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's nice. Uh, all right, here I am rambling. I hope you are again, third, fourth time. Hope you have a great weekend. I really do. All right, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.